0: You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 62. If you've ever wondered how you can create meaningful connections with your audience, you are definitely not alone. No matter what level of traffic you have, you've probably felt like you're speaking to no one when you aren't hearing anything in response to your new content. In today's episode, we're going to talk about strategies that you can use to connect more with your audience and start building those meaningful relationships. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Vine podcast. I'm so excited that you are tuning in and whether you are tuning in live or sometime in the future, I'm just so glad that you are here and that if this is your first time, somehow you found this podcast and I am just so grateful that you are tuning in. My name is Madison Weatherill and I am a web designer for food bloggers over at Grace and Vine Studios. We serve our clients through custom web design, branding, and logo design, and our signature package, designer for a day, where we hop into your business and work on that never-ending list of tasks of things to fix and tweak on your website, and we do that all within one day. So, if you are ever curious about how we work with people or how you can work with us, you can head over to graceandvinestudios.com/services, or just click on the services tab over on the homepage to find out all of the details and pricing, and all of that good stuff. We would love to work with you and help you to improve your website and create a brand where you can really make meaningful connections with your audience. Now, in today's episode, I'm really excited to talk about different strategies that you can use to connect with your audience. Now, I know from my time of being a food blogger and all of the time I've spent working with food blogger clients that it can sometimes feel really daunting to feel like you're making connections with your audience. It can often feel like you are just talking into a void and nobody is really listening and that nobody really cares. However, you might look at your numbers of traffic and whether you have 2,000 page views a month or 2 million page views a month, you may feel like you don't really even have connections with the people who are coming to your site. Maybe you have seen that you have a high number of new visitors every month and you're just not really able to capture those people and get them to come back. And so I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I I think every single one of you who is listening, every single food blog has so much potential to connect with your audience and really make meaningful connections. And there are really so many strategies that you can use for this, but we're going to dive into just a few of them today. And if you are still kind of on the fence and not really sure why this matters, I wanted to start there because I think connecting with your audience is really the key to building a sustainable, successful, and meaningful food blog that is going to last through algorithm changes and all of the craziness that we have to deal with as food bloggers. It is really what is going to help you stand the test of time, those meaningful relationships that you build with your audience. Apart from that, just kind of being a abstract concept of being a good idea to have this, you also are having the ability to really figure out what your audience needs from you and then create content, build products, create courses. There are really so many things that you can do once you start having these connections with your audience. But if you don't have those to begin with, you have to start there with really building those relationships first. So strategy number one for connecting with your audience is to go where your audience is. Now, obviously your audience is on your blog, so that is one place that you can implement some of these ideas, but what I really mean here is that when you are picking a social media platform to really go all in on, you have to consider where your audience is hanging out. I gave an example about this in a previous episode where I talked about how my grandmother uses Facebook like it is Google, and that illustration really was just to show that every single audience and demographic is going to be acting in a different way and potentially using different social media channels. So you really have to understand who your audience is or who you want them to be and then you really have to go to the place that they are hanging out. So if you are targeting 60 to 80 year olds, you're probably not going to be on TikTok. But maybe if you have a millennial age group or even younger than that, you might be wanting to spend some time on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. You know, if you are trying to build a Facebook page but you're Audience isn't on Facebook, it's not going to be very successful. And so there are plenty of resources out there to find out what the age range is for different social media channels and who the ideal person to use those channels. but first you just have to really dig into who do you know is your audience or who do you think would be your audience in terms of age and demographic and then really start going into where they're going to be hanging out and what type of content that you can share there. But I have seen so many people miss this and share content in places where their audience isn't spending time or not be strategic about the type of content that they are sharing in certain places based on their audience. And so I think it's really important to start here because all of the rest of these strategies will not be effective if you are posting in the wrong place to begin with or you are not understanding the way that social media works and who the different social media channels attract. Okay, so the second tip is to use the latest features on social media. Now, I know that these latest features and new things change all the time, so I am not saying to do all of them, but the reason that I put this in here is because the algorithms are going to favor these new features because they're trying to get it out into the world. They're trying to get more people to see things like Reels and on Instagram. And so if these features are coming out and they are something that resonates with your audience that your audience would engage with, then I think it's really important for you to, give it a try. Now this might mean that you have to forego other things that you might do normally to add this in. I'm not saying to overwhelm yourself with adding in something else, but If you know that your audience is really active on Instagram, then you should be using Instagram Reels or at least giving it a try to see if it resonates with your audience. Strategy number three can really apply to any social media platform and it also can apply to email marketing in a way. So strategy number three is to send DMs and ask questions. So whether you are using Facebook or Instagram or probably TikTok, I honestly have never been on TikTok so I don't really know, but use the direct messaging feature to connect with your audience. So this can look like if somebody engages with your content, if they interact with a poll that you share, send them a message and ask them a question. Or if somebody replies to one of your stories with, oh my gosh, looks so good, with an emoji, with a reaction, any type of engagement or reaction, always make sure that you reply to that. And I think it is most effective to reply with a question. So if somebody engages with a new recipe that you post and you just reply and say, thanks so much, the conversation ends there. It's essentially like the double tapping, the reply which hearts it and everybody knows that the end the conversation is over at that point. But if instead you say, Thanks so much, I'm glad that you liked it, what was your favorite part? Or do you have any questions about it? or anything that really keeps the conversation going, that is going to be so much more powerful of a connection than just saying thank you. However, I will say with a caveat that if all you can do is say thank you because you don't have the time, then that's okay. At least respond with a thank you or with some sort of message that is not just double tapping. But I think it's really important that if you're going to be active on a social media channel and you are trying to get engagement, that you really block out time to reply. And this This is honestly something that stops me from being more active on Instagram because I don't particularly like to spend a lot of time on Instagram. And so I know that the more I post on Instagram, the more engagement I'm going to have and the more I'm going to have to do in order to reply and just connect with the people who are engaging with me. However, if Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, even Pinterest has ways to engage and comment with users now, you really have to set aside the time so that you can do this the right way. Because It won't take very long for somebody to realize that you never really reply back or you never have a genuine reply back and just stop engaging altogether. And if you're doing that with the majority of your audience, then eventually you're going to see that engagement drops and you aren't making those connections. If, however, you spend 10 minutes a week or 10 minutes a day even, if you have a lot of responses, just replying back, another thing that you can do with this is just reply the same way to every person. They are not going to know that you are replying the same way and as long as it's not something really generic, but it is still engaging, it's going to be effective. So you can easily copy and paste the same response or you can even use the quick reply feature on Instagram to save messages that you frequently send to people. This is a really great way to make this a faster process for you, but still have the effect that you want, which is Honestly, for people to just feel like you care about their reply because people will not spend the time to reply to you if they don't think that you care or want them to do that. And I didn't put this on my list of strategies, but I will just add it in here that you need to tell people what to do. And I know that that sounds very silly to have to say I want you to reply to this, and maybe you don't say it so robotically, but the thing is that most people who are engaging with your content and watching your Instagram stories or on your blog, they don't necessarily know how to reply in the same way that you do because you're a food blogger. You understand the value of somebody replying and saying that they loved your recipe or writing a comment or leaving a rating. You get why those things matter, but to your audience, those things don't matter because they just don't understand. And so you really have to start ingraining it in their head what you want them to do. So things like send me a DM for the recipe. The first 10 times you p- post that, you may not have anybody reply, but the 11th or the 12th time, maybe somebody does and somebody starts to realize, oh, I could get this recipe really easily if I just send her a message. And so it's just really important to articulate what you want your users to do and how you want them to act because they don't know what you want them to do if you don't. Strategy number four is a little bit different because it is a little bit more personal and this is going to build that know, like, and trust factor with your readers. And that is to share things that are meaningful to you. I have definitely fallen into the trap of this so many times of feeling like I just need to share my one type of content. So I just need to share my recipes and that's all I need to share. I don't wanna share my personal life. But the truth is that people care more about your personal life and the things that you care about than they do your recipes. And sometimes you have to get them to care about the other things first before they will care about your recipes. So a few small examples of this. It could be just posting some day in the life content where you're just sharing some sneak peeks or behind the scenes of your life and what you are doing. It will give people insight into who you are as a person, which is going to help them connect with you long-term and again, care about what you share. You can also share things like unpopular opinions. And this doesn't have to be anything that is political or super polarizing. It can be something as simple as saying, I really don't like pickles and I think they are disgusting. And you're gonna have people that are like, oh my gosh, you're crazy and you're gonna have people that are saying amen because they could not agree more. But right there, you have made a connection with somebody that is not your normal promotional material. It's something totally outside of that and it can still be food related if you really want it to be. The content for me that always gets the most engagement from people are the things that are just my real life and it doesn't have to be things that are too sensitive or personal. It can be something as simple as sharing my favorite coffee mug or sharing my coffee routine or sharing being out at the park in the winter when everybody else is snowed in, but we're in Arizona, so it's nice and warm here. Things like that are going to help people remember details about you and just engage in something that feels a little bit less committed, I guess, than if they were to say that they loved your rest and maybe they feel like they have to try it now or something like that. There are just a lot of things that you can share about your life, about your process, about how you create content, things that are not just pushing people to the recipe itself that are in the long term going to help you build that trust. Strategy number five is to use your brand messaging and your unique voice. I've talked about this a lot because this is something that I am super passionate about because I truly believe that your brand messaging and that unique voice is really the only thing that will Help you stand out from the thousands of other food bloggers that are out there. And it's really the only thing that you have that is your own. You can have somebody who publishes a recipe that is just like yours. Maybe it is only off an ingredient or two, but you can never replace what makes you and your blog unique. And most of the time, what makes your blog unique is you and your story. One thing that I think stops people from sharing that brand messaging and really differentiating themselves and their blog is that I think people are afraid to alienate certain people from their blog, and I totally get that, and I think there is definitely value in making sure that everybody feels welcome, but at the end of the day, your blog is not for everybody. Your blog is for a specific audience who can really benefit from making your recipes. It's for a specific person who is struggling with something very unique, not everybody, and so so it's really important to really dive into this idea of your brand messaging and what makes you unique because again, your blog is not for everybody and the right brand messaging is going to attract your ideal audience members to come to your site and sign up for your email list and buy your products and do whatever else it is that you want them to do. And it is also going to repel the people who will never sign up for your email list and never buy your products. And I know it is hard, especially when you rely maybe solely on ad income It's hard to really get behind this concept of repelling people, but people may still make your recipes. They just might not come back or they might not subscribe for your email list, but they may come back and make other recipes of yours. There are a handful of blogs that I really love and I make their recipes, but I don't necessarily fit into the mold of their ideal audience. Maybe it's a specific diet that I don't follow or a specific dietary restriction that I don't follow specifically, but I like to experiment with different recipes. And so I fit into a lot of blogs, but I'm not going to buy their course or sign up for their email list or do any of those things because I know that their messaging is not for me and I know that they are not going to necessarily be able to solve my problem, if you will, or have a solution for me. And that's okay. And I think the faster you can recognize that that is okay for your blog, then the more quickly you're going to be able to focus your energy on attracting the right people to your site and the right people who will sign up and who will be ready to become that raving fan for you. So, once you really figure out what that brand messaging is and what makes you unique, then you need to share that. You can put it in your blog post, you can share it on social media, and you can weave it into your regular content really naturally. It doesn't have to be this really awkward thing where you say, This is my brand messaging and this is what I stand for, or crafting a brand mission statement and sharing that. It can be very authentic and just honestly, the brand messaging can really just help you to grow in confidence about your own content and what you have to offer. This is something that I go through with all of my brand design and web design clients. And we really solidify this brand messaging for them so that they can have confidence to share their message and to connect with the right people on their blog. So if that is something that you are considering, then definitely reach out and see if it is a good fit to work with us. We would love to work with you and help you to build a brand that can really connect you with your audience. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can always go to graceandvidenstudios.com and click on the services tab to learn how we work with food bloggers and how we can build a brand and a website together. So strategy number six is to spend more time creating content than consuming it. Now, I know this has been something that a lot of people really struggle with. It is very hard not to fall into the trap of just consuming content, whether that's on Instagram, on podcasts, on Pinterest, wherever it is, but I think it's really important to recognize that consuming content will not necessarily connect you to your ideal audience. And I know that for a lot of people, consuming content is kind of just a mindless escape and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when we are spending two to three hours on Instagram consuming content and we're spending five minutes publishing a quick post on Instagram or maybe we're not sharing anything at all because we are just feeling burnt out or overwhelmed I think we need to recognize that that sometimes can come from consuming too much and not prioritizing the content creation side of your brand. So if you're feeling like I don't have time to create content and I just feel overwhelmed by it, maybe it's time to start looking at how much you're consuming and recognize that sometimes consuming other people's content before you create your own can just lead to feelings of not being good enough and that your content could never be good enough to connect you with the right people. So I would really encourage you to focus your time on creating content and sharing it more than you are focusing on consuming that content. So to recap this episode, the strategies that you can use to connect with your audience are to first make sure that you're going where your audience is. Second, use the latest features on social media, especially on the platforms that your audience is hanging out on. Third is to send direct messages and ask your audience questions. As a side note to this, always reply to engagement and always make sure to tell your audience how you want them to engage with you. Fourth is to share things that are meaningful and personal to you to help build that know, like, and trust factor with your audience and help them to connect with you as a human being and not just a content creator. Number five is to craft and use your brand messaging and really be unapologetic about sharing your unique voice and what makes your brand and your blog unique. Strategy six is to spend more time creating content than consuming it. I would love for you to head over to Instagram and find me at Grace and Vine and just send me a message and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. I know that these were a lot of concepts and if you would like to chat more about one of them or you have questions about them, please feel free to message me and I would love to chat with you about it. Again, I'm over there at Grace and Vine and I would also just super appreciate it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your stories, make sure you tag me and Or you can send it directly to a friend who needs to listen to this episode. Maybe you guys can. Come up with a buddy system, and accountability system to help you start connecting more with your audience. I think this can really be something that changes the dynamic of your blog overall and it helps it be something that is sustainable for you long term and something that just really fulfills you. There is really nothing worse than feeling like you're not talking to anyone and yet at the end of the day, you know you have traffic coming onto your site. So really you just have to figure out what makes your audience connect and what makes them engage and then that's what you want to do. You want to double down on what is working. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the Vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.